Today is May 5th. This is Verses in Flow. I'm Jennifer Wainwright, and I am so grateful to be with you today. So glad that you decided to show up and join me as we continue our trek through the scriptures. And believe it or not, y'all, we're wrapping up yet another book today, the book of Judges. And I would be lying if I said I was not relieved to chuck deuces to this book. If I don't read anything else in Judges till next year this time, that would be just fine with me. Thankfully, we'll be transitioning from the chaos of the Judges era to the heartwarming tale of Ruth, where we'll discover how love, loyalty, and feminine devotion can transform everything. Without further ado, let's get going, flowing, and growing in this word, Judges, Chapter 21, New American Standard Bible, Mourning a Lost Tribe. Now the men of Israel had sworn in Mizpah, saying, None of us shall give his daughter to Benjamin in marriage. So the people came to Bethel and sat there before God until evening, and raised their voices and wept profusely. And they said, Why, Lord God of Israel, has this happened in Israel, that one tribe is missing today from Israel? And it came about the next day that the people got up early and built an altar there, and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. Then the sons of Israel said, Who is there among all the tribes of Israel who did not go up to the Lord in the assembly? For they had taken a solemn oath concerning anyone who did not go up to the Lord at Mizpah, saying, He shall certainly be put to death. And the sons of Israel were sorry for their brother Benjamin, and said, Today one tribe is cut off from Israel. What are we to do for wives, for those who are left, since we have sworn by the Lord not to give them any of our daughters as wives? Provision for their survival. And they said, What one is there of the tribes of Israel that did not go up to the Lord at Mizpah? And behold, no one had come to the camp from Jabesh-Gilead to the assembly. For when the people were counted, behold, not one of the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead was there. And the congregation sent twelve thousand of the valiant warriors there, and commanded them, saying, Go and strike the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead with the edge of the sword, along with the women and the children. And this is the thing that you shall do. You shall utterly destroy every male and every woman who has slept with a male. And they found among the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead four hundred young virgins who had not known a man by sleeping with him. And they brought them to the camp at Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan. Then the whole congregation sent word and spoke to the sons of Benjamin who were at the rock of Ramon, and proclaimed peace to them. And the tribe of Benjamin returned at that time, and they gave them the women whom they allowed to live from the women of Jabesh-Gilead, but they were not enough for them. And the people were sorry for Benjamin, because the Lord had created a gap in the tribes of Israel. Then the elders of the congregation said, What are we to do for wives for those who are left, since the women have been eliminated from Benjamin? And they said, there must be an inheritance for the survivors of Benjamin, so that a tribe will not be wiped out from Israel. But we cannot give them wives from our daughters, for the sons of Israel had sworn, saying, Cursed is he who gives a wife to Benjamin. So they said, 
Behold, there is a feast of the Lord from year to year in Shiloh, which is on the north side of Bethel, on the east side of the road that goes up from Bethel to Shechem, and on the south side of Labona. And they commanded the sons of Benjamin, saying, Go and lie in wait in the vineyards, and watch, and behold, if the daughters of Shiloh come out to take part in the dances, then you shall come out of the vineyards, and each of you shall seize his wife from the daughters of Shiloh, and go to the land of Benjamin. And when their fathers or their brothers come to complain to us, we shall say to them, Give them to us voluntarily, because we did not take for each man of Benjamin a wife in battle, nor did you give them to them. Otherwise, you would now be guilty. The sons of Benjamin did so, and took wives according to their number from those who danced, whom they seized. And they went and returned to their inheritance, and rebuilt the cities and lived in them. And the sons of Israel departed from there at that time, every man to his tribe and family, and each one departed from there to his inheritance. In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. That concludes our reading in the book of Judges. And the fact that the book ends the way that it does is no accident. We've seen this same phrase interspersed throughout the book of Judges. It appears multiple times. And it serves as a commentary on the general state of Israel during this dark time period where there was a lack of centralized leadership and there was a proclivity towards individualism and moral relativism. And that is, of course, putting it mildly. The book of Judges is often seen as a cautionary tale of what can happen when a society becomes disconnected from its shared moral framework and allows everyone to act according to their own desires and beliefs. I can't help but think that this sounds eerily familiar to the current state of affairs in our culture, and no wonder. We, too, are living in a time where individualism and moral relativism are center stage, where there's no absolute truth or objective moral code, where traditional values are being denigrated and denounced, upended and uprooted. And if you dare say anything about a universal godly truth that transcends human opinion, you're immediately labeled intolerant, phobic or a closed minded extremist. There is no tolerance for the truth anymore, and yes, we all have our personal realities, but if we base truth on our personal realities, doing what is right in our own eyes with no regard for God, listen, who's to say how far we'll devolve? Shoot, like we're reading about these crazy folk in the book of Judges, history could very well record us as a society that has lost its way. But back to this final statement, it underscores the indisputable need for a strong central authority to guide and unify the people, which is the goal for the establishment of the monarchy in Israel. But we'll get there when we get there. Right now, let's talk about Ruth. Ruth is a short but beautiful story that takes place during the time of the Judges. It was written by an unnamed author, probably after the exile, to show how God preserved the line of David through a Moabite woman named Ruth. The theme of Ruth is God's providence and redemption. Ruth is one of the few women in the Bible who has a book named after her, 
And the book has a unique place in the biblical canon as it showcases God's redemptive power and the lineage of David, from whom our Savior, Jesus Christ, would eventually descend. Look for a foreshadowing of Jesus as the kinsman redeemer in the book of Ruth in the person of Boaz. And with that, let's move into this relatively short but profound work. Ruth chapter 1, Naomi Widowed. Now it came about in the days when the judges governed that there was a famine in the land. And a man of Bethlehem in Judah went to reside in the land of Moab with his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem in Judah. So they entered the land of Moab and remained there. Then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. And they took for themselves Moabite women as wives. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other Ruth. And they lived there about ten years. Then both Malon and Chilion also died, and the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the land of Moab, because she had heard in the land of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them food. So she departed from the place where she was, and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each of you to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. May the Lord grant that you may find a place of rest, each one in the house of her husband." Then she kissed them, and they raised their voices and wept. However, they said to her, No, but we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return, my daughters. Why should you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands? Return, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I said I have hope, if I were even to have a husband tonight and also give birth to sons, would you therefore wait until they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is much more bitter for me than for you, because the hand of the Lord has come out against me. Ruth's Loyalty And they raised their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Then she said, Behold, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, do not plead with me to leave you or to turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. And where you sleep, I will sleep. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me and worse, if anything but death separates me from you. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her about it. So they both went on until they came to Bethlehem. And when they had come to Bethlehem, all the city was stirred because of them. And the women said, Is this Naomi? But she said to them, Do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. 
Why do you call me Naomi, since the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and with her Ruth the Moabites, her daughter-in-law, who returned from the land of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. John chapter 4 verses 4 through 42 And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria called Sychar, near the parcel of land that Jacob gave to his son Joseph, and Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, tired from his journey, was just sitting by the well. It was about the sixth hour. The woman of Samaria, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away to the city to buy food. So the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, though you are a Jew, are asking me for a drink, though I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus replied to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. She said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? You are not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us the well and drank of it himself, and his sons and his cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never be thirsty, but the water that I will give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty, nor come all the way here to draw water. He said to her, Go, call your husband, and come here. The woman answered and said to him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have correctly said I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. This which you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and yet you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one must worship. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, that a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know because salvation is from the Jews. But a time is coming, and even now has arrived, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When that one comes, he will declare all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one speaking to you. And at this point, his disciples came, and they were amazed that he had been speaking with a woman. Yet no one said, What are you seeking? Or why are you speaking with her? So the woman left her water pot and went into the city and said to the people, Come see a man who told me all the things that I have done. This is not the Christ, is he? They left the city and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat something. 
But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples were saying to one another, No one brought him anything to eat, did he? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I tell you, raise your eyes and observe the fields, that they are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the one who sows and the one who reaps may rejoice together. For in this case the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have come into their labor. The Samaritans Now from that city, many of the Samaritans believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all the things that I have done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they were asking him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of his word, and they were saying to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one truly is the Savior of the world. Psalm 105 verses 1 through 15 The Lord's wonderful works in behalf of Israel. Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make his deeds known among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wonders, boast in his holy name. May the heart of those who seek the Lord be joyful, seek the Lord and his strength, seek his face continually. Remember his wonders which he has done, his marvels and the judgments spoken by his mouth. You descendants of Abraham, his servant, you sons of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He has remembered his covenant forever. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations, the covenant which he made with Abraham and his oath to Isaac, then he confirmed it to Jacob as a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion of your inheritance. When they were only a few people in number, very few and strangers in it, and they wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people. He allowed no one to oppress them, and he rebuked kings for their sakes, saying, Do not touch my anointed ones, and do not harm my prophets. Proverbs 14.25 A truthful witness saves lives, but one who declares lies is deceitful. As our reading for today comes to a close, if there's one thing that we should get out of this, it is that God's love and grace knows no bounds. It doesn't matter where you come from, what your background is, or what situation you are currently in, because God is ethic-centered, not ethnic-centered. In the book of Ruth, we see how God used a Moabite woman to bring about his redemptive plan. Despite the cultural barriers and prejudices of that time, we haven't seen the story fully unfold, but I'm sure many of you already know what's going to happen here. And in the Gospel of John, we see Jesus breaking 
breaking down those barriers even further as he speaks to the Samaritan woman at the well and offers her living water, regardless of her past or present or the fact that she was from an ethnicity that they did not associate with at the time. They actually looked down on them as, what was the word that I read in the commentary? I think it was half-breeds, which is a terrible, terrible term. But this is the way that they were looked at in that culture. I encourage you today to embrace the ethic-centered nature of God's love and let it guide you in your relationships with others. Let us be a people who break down cultural and societal barriers and let the love of Christ flow through us to everybody all around us. Let's radiate Christ's love everywhere we go. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word and for the reminder that your love transcends all barriers. Lord, we ask that you would help us to be a people who love unconditionally just as you have loved us. Help us to see beyond the differences that typically divide us and to embrace the unity that comes through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for your redemption that preserves your promises through all generations. We ask that you would lead us by your Spirit into your truth and into your will. We ask that you continue to reveal yourself to us more easily each day as we read and meditate on your word. Lord, we ask that you would provide for our needs, heal our wounds, strengthen our faith, enrich our relationships, and empower our witness. Bless every person listening today and help them to realize that you have created us as image bearers and that you desire for us to live in a world where people are valued for who they are, not for what they look like or what they've been through or where they've come from. Lord, forgive us for any prejudice or pride that we may have in our hearts and teach us to repent and to seek reconciliation with those we've hurt or offended. Fill us with your spirit and your love and enable us to be your ambassadors in this world. We pray all of this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And our affirmation, my faith is strong, my trust unwavering, and my hope eternal. My faith is strong, my trust unwavering, and my hope eternal. And our aphorism, you can fool too many of the people too much of the time. That is all I have for you today. Thank you for being on this journey with me. You belong here and we belong together on this journey. I love you and I'll be right here tomorrow waiting for you.